This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the November 21st edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher doing a little season-long action today. Going to talk about some kind of influx rotation, some guys coming back from injury, some making their season debuts kind of this weekend. That's really important. Uh, with me to do so is Ryan Kadas. What's up, man? Uh, nothing. Just looking forward to this season-long chat. It's always nice to take a break from DFS. Right? I kind of mix it up and go over some. We'll talk about some kind of guys down the line, some tank possibilities, a lot of cool stuff. Um, we like to cater to you deep league guys because I'm sure most people listening to this aren't in uh, many eight teams. But if you're in an eight team, we got you. Um, so let's get down to this real quick. Actually, before we do, I just want to talk about the Raptors last night for what, what's one of the worst ways to lose since I can remember. Um, t- if you missed it, Terrence Ross hit a shot at the buzzer and the timer started late. So it looked like he had it by a lot. But DeMarcus Cousins tipped it. The clock didn't start on time. And first of all, the clock didn't start on time to begin with. And the clock didn't start on time when the Cousins factor. It was just a mess. So long story short here, they took Ross's shot off and they lost. Tough, tough mm-hmm. ones. So what were your thoughts on... And First of all, they got the rule right, I guess, because they checked it from when he tipped it to when the clock would have ran, so it wouldn't have got it off if it was done properly. But it wasn't. Yeah. So what, what were your thoughts? Yeah, that was an absurd ending. Uh, and they, they did the, the reps checked it against the digital clock, so I guess, you know, by the letter of the law, they got the call right. Um, but the Raptors made a great point. They were saying that Ross played it according to what he saw on the clock. Yep. Like maybe he could have taken it quicker if he had thought that the clock was about to expire. Um, but he didn't, you know. He, he looked at the shot clock that was there for him, uh, and he got the shot off in time according to that. So it's just a bad beat. And even uh, Dave Yorger was exhorting his team to get off the court. You could read his lips. He was yeah. to get off the court before they changed their minds. Uh, and he admitted after the game, he said, I thought, you know, we were going to OT. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the league says because they're going to issue a statement about that uh, end-of-game call. And, I don't think they're going to, you know, go back, change the call, and, and have to replay it um, with just two seconds left or however much was left. But it'll <laughs> yeah. be interesting to see what they said. Yeah, I saw NBA official, their Twitter account. They were, like, posting stuff and deleting it. Like, they don't even know what's going on. Like, the official account. Uh, it's just, it's, yeah. Uh, I'm, with, I'm, with, with, I'm with the Raptors. I mean, if, like, take Derek Fisher's shot, for instance, .4 seconds, he got the ball off. Like, Terrence Ross had way more than .4 seconds. So hypothetically, he could have got the shot off, but yeah. it's it's just a total mess. So no they, one cares they about could that. Overturn that, right, and then replay it with two point four on the clock or could, however much was left. Could they? The oh my god, that would be. Inc- they should. <laughs> they should do that. Feasible. Could you imagine? Like they put that on TNT at like eight o'clock in the after in the morning <laughs> in the afternoon or something. Uh, all right, so let's see here. Uh, what about actually real quick on Terrence Ross, who's played better? And by the way, um, Demar Carroll sitting, so just. What are your thoughts on Ross? He's actually played pretty well. Yeah, he's looked 
uh, you know, that, I don't think it was the... a standard league pickup or anything no. like that. Um, but if you're in a 16-team league and need some three-pointers, uh, he's worth a look. But I, just generally speaking, yeah, he's, he's been impressive. He's looked better on both ends of the court, to be honest. Yeah, 48% from the field, 44% from three, 94% from the line. But and he's had 1.3 steals, too. So he's been pretty good. Uh, I think he's cracking like mid-round value in the past two weeks or so. So, yeah, actually, if you're playing DFS, I'm definitely giving him a look tonight. Uh, against the Clippers, who've been struggling on defense. Uh, so let's get going here. Um, big news of the weekend, I would think, would be Drew Holiday coming back. And, man, he looked great. Uh, Pelicans are kind of on a roll right now after their 0-8 start. Um, and, obviously, Tim Frazier, he played a lot uh, in the Saturday game. He played 15 minutes next to Frazier. Quick side note, five minutes of overtime. And they did use that Galloway-Drew-Frazier line, lineup for the entire overtime period. 11 minutes overall, um, and then also more Drew and Frazier. That lineup was used for just two minutes. So, obviously, Drew's going to take minutes from kind of everyone, I guess. But who do you think of that whole Galloway, Frazier, Moore group? Uh, and then, by the way, Buddy Heald's going to get the bump. Uh, played six minutes, and they're talking about playing him in the D-League. So, if you have Buddy Heald, snip, snip on him. But um, so who do you, who do you like out of that group? Um, even like ten team, I think I think they're all worth owning in like sixteen team or even maybe fourteen team. Yeah, well, I'll say Holiday. Look, he did look great. I agree. Um, we're used to him coming back from injuries. I think, huh. and everyone's always holding their breath. But he, you know, he wasn't injured. He's just he's a healthy player coming back, and uh, and he showed it. But he played, yeah, it was interesting to see that the lineup they went with with Galloway, Holiday, and Frazier for basically the final 12 minutes yeah. of that game. Um, so that obviously looks good for both Frazier and Galloway. Um, I'm, I'm all for holding Frazier in 12-team leagues. You want to keep him around, see what happens. But, uh, you know, it's an Alvin Gentry rotation, so <laughs> anything could happen here. Um, you know, it could be each one more playing 35 minutes uh, the next time out. So it's kind of just a chaotic situation. I say just sit back, hold on to Frazier. Uh, if you're in a deeper league, maybe Galloway. Um, if you're in 14 team, think about holding on to Moore and maybe he can uh, sort of slot into that Galloway spot next game. But it's basically just a wait and see. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Uh, one thing I'll add is Drew Holiday, man. He looks freaking awesome. Uh-huh. By the way, 34 usage rate, 62 true shooting. Uh, if you held Drew, man, you're chilling. Uh, I think if if you were to trade for Drew, kind of side note, where where I mean, how, where would you draft him today? I mean, he was I had him I think as a kind of a, a late third um, before the whole Lauren Holiday thing happened. So I I love Drew Holiday. Yeah, I'd say he's a, I'm confident that he's a top forty guy yeah. uh, with with upside. So if we yeah, if you were drafting today, I think you take him third round. Yeah, so if you're in a league and maybe the guy who drafted him was, was like, oh, I'll just take Drew Holiday. Maybe he doesn't appreciate Drew Holiday. Try to take a stab at him, man. Um, I think he's going to be just there's an injury risk, but man, he is so good when he's on. He looks great. Uh, so, okay, so moving on here, another kind of influx rotation is the Nuggets. Um, we saw Will Barton come back uh, after the ankle sprain, missed nine games, and picked up 19 minutes. So that based, they actually the other day on Saturday, they played Wilson Chandler for the first time at shooting guard for I want to say five minutes. So that went away. So we saw Wilson Chandler have a huge, huge minute allotment the other day and that dropped to what 24 which is fine and he still was great 17 four uh a steal two threes so and then also jamal murray had probably the best game of the season 
uh, maybe ever. I, don't, I didn't see him play Kentucky much, but that was a great game from him. Uh, and then there's the Jokic pack. Let's just talk backward, though. So, and then we'll t- tie Chandler into that. We'll talk about the centers next. So, and then Galloway's playing a lot of minutes here. There's just so many factors. Uh, Manuel Moutier has been playing better, but his assists going up. So, I mean, is there anyone that you see that you're like, oh, I really, really wish I had this guy, or man, I wish I would trade this guy? It's just, it's tough to project this right now. Oh, the Nuggets are <laughs> one of the toughest, I would say. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can touch briefly on Jokic and Nurkic uh, in a minute, but uh, as for the guys you were talking about, Barton, Chandler, um, Chandler's tough because he's playing so well, but I don't think he has much trade value. Everyone's kind of, you know, you, you hedge your bets when it comes to him. You're not going to trade him for a mid-round value. So he's just kind of a guy you gotta you got to ride until he cools off. Um, Will Barton, if he's on your waiver wire, go get him. Uh, he shouldn't be. He's obviously, you know, 19 minutes last night. That's going to come up. Um, the starting job is his to lose until Gary Harris returns. And even once Harris returns, I'm confident that Barton will be a top 100 player. Um, as far as Jamal Murray last night, I think that was kind of fluky. He's obviously, he can score in a hurry, but he scored 16 points in the fourth quarter, uh, just a sort of, you know, fluky hot hand situation. So I'm not reading into that. Yep. Same here. Um, so, so you would go Barton and then what about Moutier, by the way, he's been shooting the ball a little bit better. It's just the turnover ratio has really been the story. So is Moutier a guy you would, I mean, I don't think you would do it in nine cat. But maybe a cat or even points lead. Is he someone that you can see kind of turning the corner, or do you think Jameer is going to push him a little bit? Jameer is right behind him. They're running, they're running together a lot. I think they played together for like eleven minutes yesterday. Yeah. So, oh, oh, what do you what do you think there? Well, I'm not too worried about Jameer Nelson really eating into his minutes or you know displacing him as a starter. Um, but yeah, Moody is looking better. Um, I might consider him as a low end guy, but I, he just terrifies me with the. The terrible percentages and the high turnovers, which, to his credit, he's had he had uh, eight assists and zero turnovers last night. Yep. He's had 23 assists and five turnovers in his past three games. And he had a really funny quote after Sunday's game. He said, uh, "I think I care about some some stuff now. I'm not <laughs> just trying to make a, a home run play. I'm making the easy, simple play." Nice. So. Hopefully, you know, at least the, the message is getting through to him that he needs to protect the ball as the team's lead guard. Um, so, yeah, hopefully if he can keep those turnovers down, I don't, I'm not expecting any miracles offensively uh, in terms of his shooting. But um, as a late-round guy, if you need assists, you need some steals, that's fine. And then would you view Gallo, who's playing way too many minutes right now, uh, if you had Gallo, and I'm pretty sure you don't, uh, if you're like me, would you be trying to ship Gallo right now, like, pretty hard? Yeah, just be, not even because of the rotation concerns, just his, his prolific injury history. Oh, yeah, um, yeah I'd try to trade him. And sure. same with Fareed. Fareed's on a hot streak, but just given the chaos of this rotation, um, I'm all for trying to unload him if you could get a, a solid, more reliable mid-round guy. Yeah, I don't think Wilson Chandler's going away, man. I think he's going to be right in that mid-20s. Um, but, and then, but one thing, too, that's pretty cool is him and Jokic, are play, they're playing like 80% of their minutes next to each other. Malone loves those yeah. two together. Uh, so let's get to the the topic that we're going to talk about probably for the rest of the year, uh, Nikola Jokic. So if you drafted him in like the third round, uh, I think you need to temper expectations. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. But I mean, I could still see him being like a fifth round guy, man. I mean, he's just so so solid. And we saw him; he's playing better. Um, they want to run more stuff through him. Uh, they finally broke up that Jokic thing. So, yeah, uh, he's probably going to be a perennial buy low until he gets going, man. Like, it's going to take him so long to dig out of this hole that he started out with. 
Yeah, agreed. And he looked really good last night. I mean, uh, the, the permanent production was there. Uh, he chipped in some assists, shot the ball well. So I like him. And he's playing zero minutes alongside Nurkic. So I'm with you. You got to just set aside what we thought on draft day uh, or what, you know, whoever drafted him, wherever you draft him. Just view him as a, a, you know, hopefully top 75 guy, maybe a little bit higher. Uh, set that expectation, and you should be happy the rest of the way. Yep. Um, it's like when as long as he's playing 25 minutes, I think he could hit that mark. Yeah, it's like when your guy gets hurt. Like, yeah, got hurt. Like, yeah, coach kind of screwed him up a little bit. It's all good. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's going to be solid. I think he can be on some kind of winning teams. And if if his owner's shook, then I would go for him. I'm trying. Maybe we'll try to think of some guys to trade for uh, as we go along. Uh, okay, so the Suns. This team's interesting, man. Um, I live in Phoenix, so I get to watch all the post game com- uh, all the post game comments from Watson. And man, things he says about Tyler Ewis makes scares me, Dan. Scares me on night. Scares me on Bledsoe a little bit sometimes, man. There's gonna be times he wants to get Ewis in there. And I mean, this guy can play. Uh, he is super small, but uh, he's stealing the ball a ton. He had 22 minutes in their last game, four steals. Uh, he's just he's he's gonna be so much fun. Um, so I'm nervous if I if I have Bledsoe or Knight or I don't think obviously not uh, Booker, but I'm nervous there. Uh, I'm nervous if I have uh, obviously Tyson Chandler. I mean I won't even own him right now. Jared Dudley's played really well, but they're gonna play their young guys. So if if you're if you own Bledsoe and Knight, you want them to win some games, uh, or else but US is gonna be in yeah. there. I don't think U.S. is a pickup in most leagues because uh, there was a lot of garbage time in those last two, uh, and they also got they had good garbage time when they were winning against the Pacers, and then bad garbage time when they lost against the Sixers. So a little fluky those twenty two minutes, but again, he's playing well. So anything you want to add to that, or anything you feel differently on what I said? No, I agree, and uh, yeah, it was interesting. Watson just kind of threw his the lineup that he put out there in garbage time versus Philly. It was Ulysses, Bender, uh, Allen Williams. Chris, and then uh, some combination of Derek Jones, John Jenkins, yeah. uh, but it was it was kind of something like I felt like I was I was looking into the future in the second half of the season when the Suns are just all about player development and yeah. seeing what they have in these young guys. Um, so I, I just think it's more something to keep an eye on as the season progresses. Yep, um, got to talk big sauce by the way, Aaron Williams, uh, big big fan of his. Man, he is some per minute guy, huh? Uh, he has, like, the best rebounding rate ever, like, rebounds per 36 uh, compared to, like, just because of a small sample. But he's boarding like, crazy. Um, yeah, and with until Tyson Chandler comes back, roll him out in DFS. Uh, if you're looking for, like, streams and stuff for season long, I mean, he's going to be one of the best you can get. Um, guys, just, he's, he's like, uh, on Twitter, I compared him to Boban <laughs> just because his per-minute mm. output is just so tasty. Uh, okay, so we'll move on. Uh, another guy, another team getting injuries, uh, rec- recovered injuries, is <coughs> uh, Al Horford and Jay Crowder. So we saw a lot of three-guard lineups with uh, Bradley Smart, Thomas, and then Olenek got his role solidified, but then he started playing crappy at the end. So um, first thing, um, some people feel that Bradley's a little bit of a sell-high. I'll agree that his rebounding rate is going to go down. He's actually third among starting guards behind Russell Westbrook and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who are like the best rebounding guards, like since I can remember. <laughs> so that's going to go down. But he can score. I'm still I'm still sold on him as an early round guy. 
Yeah, I think top 50 at worst. I've been I've been pegging him as a top 40 guy. Um, again, as you said, he's averaging eight and a half rebounds per game, which leads the Celtics. That's not going to last. Um, we saw him. He only took 10 shots in the Celtics last game, and I, I do think Horford and Crowder's return will will dent his usage and his shot attempts. But he gets it done. He's uh, you know he's not going to hurt you with percentages. He hits a lot of threes. Um, so yeah, I, I'd rather like him as a as a top 50 guy. I'm not. Too eager to sell high. Yeah, don't for, his steal rate's way down too. He had 1.5 steals last year. He only has one uh, with a minute with a two minute minute increase, two and a half minute. So yeah, his his he's not even at his ceiling yet. Um, but yeah, he's he's killing it on offense though for sure. Yeah, I'm not trading Bradley at all. Um, what about other guys? So how do you feel? I mean, we know Brad Stevens, man, very feel oriented with his rotations. Like if he picks a lineup and it doesn't work. He's going to change it up in the second half and tweak his rotation. Uh, he's very much a man with a plan. Thinks on the fly. Very, very savvy. It's tough for us on DFS because you need to ride the hot hand. But um, are you just sitting this one out with like Olenek, Amir Johnson, uh, Zeller, and all those guys? Uh, yeah, basically. I mean, Zeller's not even on my radar, really. Unless I'm in the deepest of leagues. Yeah. But. Uh, Olenek, he's shown that if he gets minutes in the low to mid-20s, he could be a top, you know, 120 sort of 12-team league uh, uh, contributor. And yeah, he has been terrible lately, so that kind of disguises the fact that, that he can do that. Um, but he, he's on the radar. If I needed a big man, I'd be keeping an eye on him. Um, smart, the percentages are always going to kill you, but as usual, he'll give you three steals, uh, some boards, some assists. So the shift to the bench um, with Crowder back isn't going to help him. But I still, you know, I, he's still worth a spot on most rosters. Yeah, if he can shoot the ball, I think he's going to have some value. Um, just looking at um, Olenek and Horford only played four minutes together, so that scares me. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm per, like I'm pretty much sitting this one out, man. Uh, I learned my lesson last year trying to be like, oh, maybe he could come on. Like, no, um, yeah, it's going to just be so matchup dependent. Like, like kind of how Terry Stotts is treating his power forward now with the menu out, with Ed Davis getting two starts, Myers Leonard. No, Vonley, like it's it's almost the exact same situation where they have a big they can count on, Mason Plumley or Horford, and then just mix and match. So season long wise, it's going to be super annoying, and I really want nothing to do with it. I'd rather find somebody else. Like I'd I'd rather just roll a big sauce and, until uh, until mm-hmm. Tyson Chandler gets back, and who knows, maybe maybe they'll even mix it up. Okay, so moving on here, um, almost to the quick part of the show. Uh, last team I want to talk about in depth is. The Heat, uh, we still haven't seen Justice Winslow back. We've seen Josh Richardson get small forward run, a lot of it, uh, starting there. Um, and then Deion Waiters has played a lot better lately. So I guess of Drogic is obviously number one. But uh, Tyler Johnson is pretty much playing straight one. Richardson, and then I know you and I don't like Waiters, but he's been playing well, so we got to talk about him. So how, how do you feel about like kind of like the Richardson? I, I, I'll just say I love Richardson. And then, what do, you, what do you think about this whole situation? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think you just said this, but they've been running a lot of three-guard lineups with with Richardson alongside Drogic and Waiters. And then even coming off the bench, they've been pairing Tyler Johnson uh, with Magruder and another one of those guards, uh, typically Drogic or Jay Rich. So I, I love Jay, Jay Rich going forward. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Winslow returns. But I'm not too too paranoid about that because I think Winslow is just going to spend a lot of time at power forward. Uh, we've seen him there before. And you're talking about guys like Derek Williams and James Johnson. 
So I, I don't think it's a, a, a stretch to think that he can displace them at power forward and uh, really sort of emphasize a small ball attack here. So Wainers, you know, I haven't really moved the needle. He's had some nice games, but maybe gamble on him in DFS now and then, but I'm not picking him up in season-long leagues. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Jay Rich, I just I really like his outlook, even even with Trotic back. Yeah, for sure. Last two games that... Uh, Dragic Richardson Waiters combo played 21 and a half minutes per game, so 43 total. Is that's a lot for that lineup? And I'm totally with you. Like we saw Winslow play center last year, so I mean he's obviously supposed not afraid to roll with him at the big spots. He'll mix and match, but yeah, um, I think the most people to be affected here is James Johnson, who's played really well lately. Uh, if you've had James Johnson the past three or four games, you've cashed in on about mid round. Uh, maybe even higher. Like he's been really good because of defensive stats. But yeah, Jay Rich, you're good. Um, I could see him being top seventy-five kind of guy. I love him. Uh, okay, so we'll move on here. Uh, okay, so we're gonna make this kind of a weekly staple. Uh, our favorite buy low and favorite sell high. Uh, I'll go low with my buy. I'll go first with my buy low. Uh, I, I put. I try to pick some guys that we weren't gonna agree on, uh, or maybe you'll agree on, but not the same one. Uh, I picked Darren Collison. Uh, I really like the Kings going smaller. Uh, I thought Ty Lawson kind of having a sort of good weekend may have cooled people on Collison. But this guy's good, and he's going to be in a great system. They're going to pick up the pace. The Kings have been kind of slow. They've only been running a 96 pace so far this season. I think that's going to pick up. So I like him a lot. Um, thoughts on Collison, and then what are your guys? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the only thing about Collison is I think maybe if an owner waited out his suspension, they must be high on him. Right. So it might be a little bit harder than usual to, to pry a guy like that away. Uh, but I agree. I like what's happening in Sacto with them going small. Um, we saw Collison pick up nine assists in 32 minutes last night. So, yeah, he's, he's a great target. Um, I went with Nikola Vucevic, who has just been awful to start the season. Uh but I'm not too worried. I mean, he's playing somewhere around 27 minutes a game, I want to say. Uh, he's averaging 10.8 boards and 2.7 assists. So most of the production is there. And the real problem, um, outside of the lack of blocks, is the fact that he's shooting 41.6% from the field and 48.1% from the free throw line. Uh, numbers which simply cannot last. I mean, that's that's well below his career averages. So I think once the offense starts to pick up uh, and click, he's not going to be a top 30 guy like you may have hoped on draft day, but... Um, mid-round value is well within reach, and currently he's—I think—he's hurting you in 12-team leagues. So his owners are probably panicking, and uh, I think a buy low, buy low offer might just might take. For sure, yeah, he's going to be super cheap right now. Um, so, like, would you? Uh, what about this? I love Josh Richardson, so I, I don't know if I would give up Josh Richardson for Vooch. Uh, as I, you, yeah, yeah, I know you would. I, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm—I I probably would. Maybe I just have a, I just have such an affinity for younger players. It's like just I don't know, but yeah, I think if the rational person, like the rational me, like the whole evil Kermit is like me right now. It's like oh no, yeah. he's he's gonna be good. Like no, draft take the twenty one year old guy. Yeah, I was gonna say Vooch is only twenty six. Yeah, yeah, he's not an old man. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I like, I like the mystery. Untapped potential. Right, exactly. Couldn't have put it better. Uh, okay, so move on. Um, uh, so high. Uh, I picked Ennis Cantor, who had a really good run over the weekend. He is just so matchup dependent. And when you're playing against teams that are slower or teams that kind of live off pick and roll and a lot of ball movement, he's going to be in trouble. 
But when he goes up against a team like um, the Pacers, who run a lot of post-up stuff, run a lot of kind of just sets, um, I think he's going to be okay. And he did he did a kind of great job did a great job on Sunday. So yeah, if you have Canton, man, I would flip him. You could probably flip him for Josh Richardson. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think he's a pretty obvious sell high, depending on how savvy his owner is um, to how much he's matchup dependent. Yeah, I think uh, on Sunday he benefited a lot from the fact that the Pacers run Al Jefferson with that second yep. unit. So that was a, that was just a great little matchup for Canada. For sure. Um, the only – I'm totally with you there. The only issue is if I, if someone made me an offer on Cancer, I'd look at this box score and say – this guy's played 17 or fewer minutes in three of his past four games. Like, yeah. it, the, the permanent production is flawless, um, but it's just that crazy low playing time is a, is a glaring red flag for me. But, yeah, I mean, worth a shot once he posts the game like last night. Three blocks, 16 points, uh, across the board production. Yeah, float it out there. So what, you, are uh, you going to sell high? Yeah, I just went with a pretty... Pretty obvious target, uh, Dwayne Wade. I still nice. think he's, he's a prime sell-high guy. I mean, he had that recent DMP rest day, which might give people some pause. But if you could flip him for a safer, more stable top 50 guy, I'd say do it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said. To, I try to pick a kind of semi-not. Like, I, like I'm saying, I would flip Cantor for, like, a guy that got a hot pickup last week. Like, yeah. Seth Curry or somebody like that. You know, I, I'm just saying, like, if you have Cantor, like, flip him for... Anybody that's on the on the rise, any kind of quote unquote must pick up. Okay, so we'll fly through these here. Actually, maybe we got a lot to talk about. Um, so, quick thoughts on Kemba. I want to throw out some cool stats. Uh, you could add to it. I don't think it's sustainable. Um, cool stats on him. On 37 shots without a dribble this year, he has an 82.4 effective field goal percentage. Uh, he's made 60% on catch and shoot threes. He's faced tight defense on 59% of his shots. And he's this good, man? I mean, holy, unsustainable run. Uh, I still like him, but I don't think he's going to be quite this good. Yeah, I think a, a bit of a regression is due. He's at 47-point-something percent from the field right now, uh, well above his career high. So I think, you know, even if he dips into the 43 44% range, he's still going to be an elite point guard. But I'm with you. I think um, he's not going to be as good as he has right now. Yep. Uh, okay, so we'll... we'll... Yeah, no, we could go on. Yeah, so questions here. That was from JYP, by the way. Uh, so, Small Ball Rocks asks, would you rather have Seth Curry or Tim Frazier the rest of the way? And then another, he also wants Nurkic or Robin Lopez. Uh, I'll take my chances on Seth Curry, I think, here. For sure. Uh, just given the uncertainty of the Pelicans rotation, which we just talked about, uh, and also the opportunity that Curry has in that injury-ravaged Mavs lineup with Berea out at least six weeks and probably longer. Um, so yeah, I'll take him. And then as for it was Nurkic or Rolo Rolo. Lopez, yeah. uh, that's actually a pretty close call for me. Yeah. Rolo's, I expected more from Rolo to start the season, and his usage was non-existent to begin the year. But past few games, he's been he's been pretty involved. Um, whereas Nurkic, we've seen went through that dreadful slide. So I, I think sheer upside wise, I like Nurkic if I'm if I'm just going for it. But if I just need someone to give me some boards, a couple blocks, uh, Rolo's a safer option. So I don't know. That's that's a tough call. I think it would depend on the makeup of my team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was going to say, if you're in a head-to-head, I'd probably lead Nurk for the upside. But if you're in a Roto, Robin's just so solid for Roto. Um, and we saw, what, Nurk went 0-6 from the line the other night? Uh, or was that yeah. last night? So, yeah, I'm with you there. Seth Curry, hands down. I mean, J.J. Barea's out six weeks. Um, we saw Barea put up a roll. So even when Darren comes back, We'll see what happens. I am intrigued what happens with Jonathan Gibson because Seth Curry was at his best last year as off-ball. 
So, which is fine. I mean, they run a lot of two-point guard lineups. So, even if Darren comes back, I think there's still a role for both Gibson and uh, and Curry. Uh, moving on here, um, man, I wish I, this is going to be tough to tackle. We better we got to skip it uh, about second half breakouts. Uh, it's too deep of a question. Uh, thoughts on Aaron Gordon, real quick. Um, what do you think on him with um, his his bench role? Could he snap out of it or what? Yeah, I mean, he's been in a funk. His minutes are down off the bench. I think he's played no more than 26 minutes uh, since coming off the bench. Um, but it's, I mean, Jeff Green has just been terrible. So it's its not at all impossible that he could retake uh, the starting small forward job there. Um, I like him as a top 100 guy. He's not there yet. Um, but he's across the board. I mean, he subtly chips in defensive stats. He'll give you occasional threes. Um, he usually rebounds better than he has the past few weeks. So I think as a top 100 guy, I like him there. But, you know, if you're expecting top 50 value, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, no way. Uh, even the bench roll is hurting them. I mean, when you're below 20 usage rate, so when you're slightly below average for your team at 19.8, I hate that. Uh, and then he's not efficient. His rebounding rate subpar at 8.8%. It just looks bad. Uh, I, I would consider him buy low because he's been that bad. Uh, and he does have upside for defensive stats, but he's not someone that I'm eager to go and try to trade for. Uh, okay, so we're going to just fly through these here. Um, wants to pick up Nurk, so would you drop Bazemore, Eric Gordon, or TJ Warren? I wouldn't drop Bazemore or Warren. Um, Eric Gordon, possibly, cause, just because he really only contributes three-pointers. But I don't... And I don't love Eric Gordon. This is yeah. someone I, I frequently trash him, but... Uh, unless I were punting free throw percentage, I might actually consider keeping Gordon and just letting someone else gamble on Nurkic in a roto league. Yeah, I would probably cut Warren, man. Um, I mean, if if like you said, if I have enough bigs, I'd probably just roll with it. Um, and then, like you said, if I value free throw free throw percentage a lot, I would still probably just roll with those guys. Um, man, Nurk's got to make some free throws. Uh, all right, so Kevin Jocelyn's asking thoughts on. Dealing Rudy Gay for Redick or Tyreek Evans, uh, man, that, that's I mean it's all about sell, selling high, but or that, you're mm-hmm. you're not really getting anything out of that. Uh, I would mm-hmm. definitely want to shoot higher. And just quickly on Tyreek, um, what what are your thoughts on him? We saw um, Shams uh, Sharani talk about him coming back soon. Do you care? Would you even pick Tyreek up right now? Right now, no. But if you were you know, if he's on the verge of a return, sure, I'll grab him, see yeah. what happens. Uh, that Pelicans team could use all the help they can get. So, despite all, you know, all the inconsistency and uncertainty of the rotation, um, he's worth a gamble. You know, cut the last guy on your bench, pick him up, see if it, see if it works. Yep. Yeah. So, you're with me on Rudy Gay, you got to shoot higher than that? Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd trade him for Redick and Tyreek Evans, yeah. on one or the other. Um yeah. Yeah, he's, he's playing great. I don't think he's going to be this good all year, and especially with the threat of a trade looming, and we don't know where he might land. Um, that's all an issue, but yeah, but yeah I think you got to aim higher. If you're going to sell high, you actually have to get high. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as I mean, Rudy Gay probably went drafted before those guys anyways, way before. Uh, and actually, he, I did misspeak. It was a, it's, a, it's a one for two, which I still hate that. Um, yeah. And then also... Um, trying to get Tristan Thompson or Clint Capella. Man, Clint Capella's been great. Um, he, he's just been amazing. So uh, I'm actually kind of buying him. I was down on him now, but I like him. Yeah, uh, Clint Capella's growing on me, and the free throw percentage caveat is real. But right. he, doesn't yeah. get there. he doesn't get to the line quite as much as some of the other killers, so th- that's fine. 
Um, in terms of Rudy Gay for Capella, I think I'd still stick with Rudy Gay. Yeah, if you have Capella um, and you're not punting, definitely try to talk to the the person that's punting that has Drummond. And, like, you should be able to come up with some sort of deal. Because um, he's legit. This is probably my favorite question here. Avery Bradley or Carmelo Anthony? He says he, he prefers free throw percentage. Mm, that's tough. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like Bradley. We talked about the fact that he's not going to average eight and a half rebounds all year. Um, his his shots are going to come down with Jay and Horford healthy. Um, he doesn't get many free throws. He's at what? Uh, he's at one point seven free throws free throws per game. So uh, Melo is obviously going to help you a lot more there if that's what you're what you're really going after. Yeah. Um, but that man, that's a toss up. I think I think I. Probably lean toward Mello slightly, because oh, yeah? um, I'm not too afraid of his health this year. I think that's always been the the going concern in previous years that looming knee injury. But he's hot right now. I like his role. Um, I like the fact that Porzingis is taking some pressure off him offensively, um, freeing him up to to shoot a higher percentage. And yeah, so it's a toss up. But I'd probably take Mello. Yeah, same. Uh, I'll probably take Bradley because I think I don't know. Uh, I am a little bit more concerned about his health. Um, to your point, um, Mello wasn't hitting open shots or earlier in the year, which was his thing. He was just hitting a, he wouldn't get many open shots, but when we had him, he would make them. So I think Mello's for real. And I think, I think he has more trade value. So, I mean, if your yeah. league's really trade happy, I probably would take Mello. But if it's just someone where you just roll with it and you make like two trades a season, then it'd probably go Bradley. All right. So we're going through this. It's a question about Millsap. Um, we answered that last week, so go ahead and hit that one. Um, and then quickly, just we'll, we'll just fly through these. Cat uh, or AD? AD's played really well. Cat's somewhat disappointing. What are, you th- what are your thoughts? Uh, or you can just say it one word. It's tricky. I'd probably roll the dice on Davis when it's healthy. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, just for rest of the season, redraft league, uh, you know, number one player in, in 9-cat right now. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd roll the dice there. I'd take Cat. Uh, I guess I'm more scared of health than you are. Oh, man, he scared me. He had two injuries in the last week. Minor ones, but I don't know. Uh, it's true. It's just the, the playing. He's playing 38 yeah. minutes with a 34% usage. And yeah. Every game you watch him, he's like crashing around the court. It is. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I just think just that sheer upside. I, I, sometimes I just like to roll the dice. Yeah, on the DFS shows, I think I say play Brow every single time. Like his, his price should mm-hmm. be like 14000 Uh yeah. All right, so Kevin's asking... Um, would you rather have Cat and Jay Rich or Boogie and Winslow? So I think that's pretty easy. If you don't, if you listen to the show, like obviously Cat and Jay Rich for me. Yeah, I like Cat more than Cousins, and I like Jay Rich more than Winslow. So that's a that's a double whammy. Yep, same here. That answers part two for him. And then last question: Are you stashing Noel in a twelve-team head-to-head nine cat from Swaggy? No, no. I've said in columns a few times that I won't. Um, it's just too much risk. You got his injury risk, uh, the fact that Philly often limits players when they come back from injuries in terms of DMPs, limited minutes. Um, his role in Philly is uncertain with three centers vying for the same job. Uh, and then on top of all that, you got the uncertainty of a possible trade. So, no. Given his, you know, I, I, I like his upside. I've always, I've always liked him when, when healthy for his defensive staff. Um, but just too, too much. Yep. Couldn't say for it myself. So we'll get out of here on that. Uh, you guys have a great week, and thanks for coming on, Ryan. You got it, Mike. 
Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.